Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. You, many of you who are here today have known me for a little while now, and you know that I'm a pretty blunt, honest person. And I, that's how I function, and that's what I really value in the people that I interact with, are people who are really honest with themselves and with others. And if we're going to be honest with ourselves today, then one of the things we need to wrestle with is the fact that quite often things happen in our lives and we respond in ways that aren't necessarily great. Quite often someone is rude to us at work or at school or at home and our immediate response is to pick that person apart, figuring out all the ways that they're insignificant, all the ways that they're, they, they have messed up, figuring out all the ways that they are, they are less than us, less valuable than us, and we will either spew all of that onto them in response or spew it onto everybody around us about them because they were rude to us and so we're going to attack them and diminish them. Quite often, we have bad weeks. And some of us in the room, we come home from that, that bad week, and all we can think about is how we can, we can kind of medicate and soothe and, and, and deal with that bad week, and we just want to diminish our senses a little bit. Some of us do that with food. Some of us do that with alcohol. Some of us do that with drugs. And we just we medicate away the pain from that week. Others of us, we find that our marriage isn't going as well as we expected. And we have found it to be very hard and empty. And we have responded to that by looking outside of our marriages for the things that we expected to get inside our marriages. And whether that's that having that little bit of... of, uh, too intimate, too personal of a conversation with somebody at work, or it's digging into pictures and videos online, buying magazines. We go looking for some kind of satisfaction and fulfillment there. We, <laughs> we sit down and we go, man, I'm just not happy with my life. I just, I'm not, I don't have the stuff. And so we determined that we're going to work harder and harder and harder and get more money and more stuff and more money and we're going to get that promotion and we're going to get the fame and we're going to get the the better car and the better house and the better TV and the better computer and the better watch and the better phone and we go and we go and we go and we drive ourselves to exhaustion trying to get more. We think about the people that we've lost and we become overwhelmed with grief. We become desperate to reconnect with the people that we've lost. 
And we start searching through different spiritual avenues and maybe, maybe you check out a mystic, you go to a palm reader or you go and you, you, you just try out everything you can think of to try to reach out into the beyond to reconnect. Maybe things just don't go the way things just don't go your way. And you start looking around and you start blaming other people or you start blaming yourself and you start hating other people. You start hating yourself and you just feel overwhelmed with bitterness and hatred, depression. Relationships fall apart and you just blame. You just you blame. I know in my life I have gone through some of those things. And I have faced those moments where I figure I'm a good person. Why am I dealing with this kind of pain? Or I think about my future and I wonder how am I going to handle all of these situations? How am I going to handle all these complications? How am I going to handle all these challenges in the future? And I get overwhelmed with fear and with anxiety. And that takes over. But we all know that when we do things like that, it doesn't work out. It doesn't play out. It doesn't have the ending result that we want to have. We respond in those ways, but it doesn't actually change the circumstances to fix anything, does it? Well, Peter wrote to the church. And in his first letter to the church, and we find it in chapter 4, and you already read part of it this morning. He says this, I'm reading from the message translation, not that it's, it's better than any of the translations you have, I just want to bring a freshness to the words this morning, and so I'm going to be reading 1 Peter chapter 4, I'm actually going to be reading verses 1 to 5 and 12 to 14. This is what, this is how it's translated here, this is Peter's word, this is God's words for you today. This is what it says. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like Him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from the old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the corner. If you're abused because of Christ, count yourself fortunate. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like Him. What I want us to to take from that today 
is this. When you think like Jesus, you react like Jesus. When you think like Jesus, you react like Jesus. Just some quick, quick illustrations from other parts of the Bible. In the book of Acts, we hear about a guy named Stephen, Paul, and this guy named Peter. Stephen shared his faith, and as a result of sharing his faith, was then attacked by a crowd. They picked up stones, and they threw stones at Stephen until he was so injured that he died. And he did not respond to that with hate and bitterness. He did not respond to that with anger towards God. He surrendered to God and he forgave the people who are actively stoning him. Paul, later on in the book of Acts. At one point he was there and he was sharing his faith and he was living it out among the people and they got mad at him and they stoned him. They threw rocks at him. And when they thought he was dead and he was lying on the ground, they thought he was dead and so they took him and they drug his body out of the city, threw him out of the city, left him there. And when the crowd was gone, he got up and went back in the city. Peter, this is a story in in Acts chapter 5, where this guy who wrote this letter that we already read from, he went and he was sharing the good news of Jesus, the message of Jesus with a crowd. And the religious leaders of that time took him and said, we already told you not to do this. And he's like, I'm following what Jesus says. I'm following God. I'm not following you. And that made him really mad. And they took him. And they beat him, they whipped him, and then threw him out. And then it says that he just kept going back to the crowd and telling them about Jesus. Actually, it says that they looked at that situation and they felt fortunate to have been persecuted, whipped, beaten, thrown in prison for the sake of Christ. They looked at things differently. They saw things differently. And because they saw things differently, they reacted differently. They saw how valuable the mission of God is. They saw the incredible glory and the future promise of eternal life and freedom. And they knew that that was far more valuable than money or even physical comfort. They saw the people around them who were lost in sin and addiction and hate and bitterness and unforgiveness and adultery. And they saw the people in those situations and they loved them so much that they said, my well-being and my happiness and my comforts and my luxuries and my even length of life is nothing compared to the possibility of seeing them be saved and changed. They started to see things like Jesus saw them. And because they saw that, it changed how they reacted to situations. How many of you have ever driven with your mother-in-law? I mean, um, how many of you... 
How many of you have ever, I, I say that just to be funny, my mother-in-law is wonderful, and she may be listening to this. So my mother-in-law is wonderful, she makes fantastic pies, and she is a great driver. Let's just make a note of that. How many of you have ever, how many of you have ever driven with somebody who should have been wearing their glasses but wasn't wearing their glasses? <laughs> it's a little scary, isn't it? Or maybe you, you know somebody that, that's got like cataracts and they, like, they used to be a great driver and then all of a sudden they're missing turns or stopping too late or anything. Like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? You've, you've, you've been in the car with people like that or you've, you've almost been hit by people like that. It's scary because they're, they're not following the rules of the road because they're not seeing things soon enough. They're not seeing things clear enough. And so when somebody stops all of a sudden or there's a sign or there's a light change or something's going on and they're not able to see it, they're not able to get that accurate information quickly enough, then all of a sudden the reaction time is poor or they just make the wrong decisions because... They can't see properly. And what they need to do is they either need to get eye surgery or they need to get their glasses fixed or they need to put their glasses on. And when that happens, then what they see changes and their reaction changes as well. Because when they can see clearly, then they can react properly to the things going on. And that's a lot like us in life. If we can see things like Jesus sees them, if we think the way that Jesus thinks, then we are going to react with that same clarity because we will be seeing things with clarity. It's kind of like, for those of you who who can't relate to the glasses thing, you you've probably been in the situation where you're driving someplace that you're unfamiliar with or you're looking for a house to pick up something from the, from the buy and sell and you're looking for that house and you have to turn the music down so that you can see better. Okay, yeah. Sensory overload. That's what that is. That's too much information for your brain to process. And when you turn the music down, you're able to absorb and process and think more clearly. And when you can think clearly, you can respond better. You can react better. And so, when you think like Jesus, you react like Jesus. How do you do that? Well, like me, part of that is is developing, developing a stronger trust that God sees me. He knows what He's doing. And that I'm going to be alright even in the pain. It means 
that we need to surrender our lives to Christ. We need to look at the sin of our lives. The things that we have done to wrong other people and the things we have done to wrong God. And we need to admit those things. We need to confess them to Christ. Say, God, I have, I have wronged You. I have ignored Your ways. I have ignored Your rules. I have ignored what You have wanted for me and what You commanded was right. And instead chosen what I wanted to do instead. And I confess that I have done that and I ask for Your forgiveness. We need to confess those things to Him. And we need to let Him be the one who determines what is right and wrong in our lives. It means that we need to spend time listening to God's words to us. Reading our Bibles. Spending time in prayer, listening and seeking Him. Connecting with fellow believers. And learning to hear God more. It means that when He gives us those simple and clear instructions, we need to be obedient. When the Bible says very clearly that you should not lie, that means you don't lie. Simple. Clear. We're not talking about should you change careers or should you buy that car or buy that car. It's, it's the simple stuff that you start with. When He says, do not punch somebody in the face, guess what? Don't punch him in the face. When he says respect the authorities in our world, that means that you don't go around cursing out the prime minister. You can disagree with him, but you don't curse him. It means those simple, clear instructions. We take those steps to be obedient. It means that as we learn about God and we get to know Him better, we surrender more and more and more of our lives to Him until He has the final say in every part of our lives. Our finances, our careers, our education, our marriages, our kids, what we eat, what we don't eat, what we do with our spare time, our hopes and our dreams, and we give that over to Him, and He has authority, and He puts the glasses on, He turns the volume down, and He brings clarity to those things, and all of a sudden we think like Christ in all those areas he creates inside of us he does that work he gives us the sight and then he changes how we react and now instead of reacting the way that we used to react now we start to react like Christ would react in those circumstances it means that if we can surrender to him and he can have authority in all those areas all those deep pieces of our lives and when someone is rude to us at work or home or at school wherever we are, instead of having the immediate reaction to get even to beat them down, we look at them with a compassion 
and we feel so secure in who God says we are that we aren't even attacked. We don't have to be defensive. We don't even feel hurt or betrayed by what they're saying because we are so fully filled with God that we can actually respond to rudeness with kindness. Not out of sheer effort, but simply because that is what we naturally produce. When we have a bad week at work, we embrace it with grief. And we are able to grieve the bad week. And at the same time, look forward with hope because we know that Christ has not abandoned us and we have peace even in the middle of storms. When marriage is hard and empty, you simply humbly re-engage your partner. Because you know the commitment you have made and you know that God values marriages and He wants you to fight for it. When you're not happy, when you're not happy with your life, you don't go seeking other things to make you happy. You lean into God's Word and His purpose. And you ask Him to intervene. When you're desperate to reconnect with those that you've lost, you surrender them to Christ. You grieve the loss. There's a whole lot of the Bible, a whole lot of the Psalms in here that have to do with grief. There's a whole book called Lamentations that is about lamenting, grieving. It's something we need to do and you grieve the people that you've lost. And you realize that Jesus is walking with you through the loss and that He has hope for you. When things just don't go your way, you backtrack and you look to the laws and the Word of God and use that as the way and the path that you move forward. When relationships start to fall apart, if you see things, if you think like Jesus, you react like Jesus, and you respond with forgiveness, you respond with forgiveness. And you see what happens next. When you think like Jesus, you react like Jesus. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more. Learn to think like Him. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.